0: This month of Womanica is brought to you by LinkedIn. What does it mean to you to be professional? On LinkedIn, important conversations are happening around what that word means and how it's changing as we rethink when, where, and how we work. LinkedIn members are talking about things like needing more flexibility and taking time away from work to focus on family or mental health. Those things should not stunt career development and growth. Instead, the workplace will be better when we show up on our own terms. Professional is ours to define, and our authentic selves are our professional selves. Post your truth, show the world the authentic professional you, and join the conversations redefining professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, welcome professionals. Hey listeners, it's Jenny with another podcast I think you'll love, TED Talks Daily, Every weekday, you'll hear new ideas on every topic imaginable, from artificial intelligence to how the war in Ukraine can change everything. One episode in particular that I thought you'd really like is the recent talk from creator, comedian, and actress Lily Singh. Lily gets into how women and girls are conditioned to believe success is a seat at the table, when really, we should build a better table. She's hilarious and not only shares intimate experiences from her career, but also offers ways we can build a more inclusive society where girls are encouraged and empowered to do great things. Stick around to hear part of her talk or head over to TED Talks Daily from the TED Audio Collective, wherever you listen. Hello, from Wanda Media
1: Network, I'm Elsa Majimbo, and this is Womanica. Today's innovator used her creativity and chemistry to create something miraculous. Her discovery has saved thousands of lives. And without her invention, everything from drumheads to bridges to body armor wouldn't be the same as we know them today. Please welcome the brilliant Stephanie Kwalek. Stephanie Kwalek was born in 1923 in New Kensington, Pennsylvania, to Polish immigrants. She was a creative child with a variety of interests. Her father was an amateur naturalist. Together, they'd explore the woods near their house and gather flowers and leaves for Stephanie's scrapbook. Stephanie's mother inspired her to mimic sewing patterns and design costumes for her paper dolls. Tragically, Stephanie's father passed away when she was 10 years old. Her mother had to search for work while Stephanie looked after her younger brother. When it came time for Stephanie to choose a career she initially thought she would become a fashion designer but her mother told her she was too much of a perfectionist to go into that field. So instead she set her sights on becoming a physician. Stephanie attended Margaret Morrison Carnegie College, a women's college that later became part of Carnegie Mellon University and studied chemistry. After earning her degree, she couldn't afford to go to medical school right away. So she decided to put her chemistry degree to use an interview for a job at DuPont. Stephanie didn't plan on working in chemistry at all, but she was so fascinated by the job that she ended up staying with DuPont for over 40 years. She worked in a lab searching for ways to create polymers, developing new innovative materials. Decades into her career, DuPont tasked Stephanie with searching for a new family of lightweight synthetic fibers that could withstand extreme conditions. The job involved dissolving fibers called polyamides into a viscous liquid. Polyamides can occur in nature in material like wool and silk, but Stephanie worked with artificial versions to create materials like nylon. The polyamide solution would then be spun around in a machine to create usable fibers, almost like a spinning wheel, creating thread. However, most of this liquids had to be melted at nearly 400 degrees in order to be spun into fibers, a process that weakened the material. Stephanie needed to find something that would melt at a lower temperature. Then one day, she made a surprising discovery. Under certain conditions, The polyamides lined up just right. With molecules arranged in long, tough chains, the resulting liquid was thin and milky, and not at all like the clear and syrupy liquid the lab typically worked with. Stephanie wanted to spin this new liquid into fibers, with the hunch that the strong molecule chains would be exactly what the team was looking for. But her colleagues that ran the machine were suspicious that this unknown material would break it. Stephanie insisted, and finally, they agreed to run her experiment. To everyone's shock, it worked. The resulting fiber was lighter than fiberglass, stronger than steel, and resistant to high heat. Stephanie thought the results might have been a fluke at first. She waited until her evidence was all right before she told management. As soon as she did, Dupont assigned a full team to work with what she had created. Soon, this material was refined into one of the most useful and widely used substances ever, Kevlar. You can find Kevlar in sneakers, snare drums, Undersea cables, bridges, frying pans, canoes, ropes, bulletproof vests, body armor, and more. There are countless uses, and its lighted strength has saved thousands of lives. Kevlar made DuPont billions of dollars, but Stephanie never saw any of that money. She had signed away the patent royalties to the company. Dupont awarded Stephanie with the Lavoisier Medal, an award for outstanding contributions to the company. She is the only woman to receive the honor. Stephanie earned many other recognitions for her incredible discovery, including induction into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 1994, the National Medal of Technology in 1996, the Parking Medal from the Society of Chemical Industry in 1997 and the induction into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2003. In 1986, Stephanie retired from DuPont. In retirement, she continued consulting for the company and served on academic committees like the National Academy of Sciences. She also tutored high schoolers in chemistry and became an advocate for women in science. Stephanie lived in Delaware until she passed away in 2014 at age 90. All month, we are highlighting innovators. For more information and pictures of some of the work we're talking about, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wumanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan, who asked me to guest
2: host. Talk to you tomorrow. You see, my goal was always a seat at the table. It's what women are conditioned to believe success is. And when the chair doesn't fit, when it doesn't reach the table, when it's wobbly, when it's full of splinters, we don't have the luxury of fixing it or finding another one. But we try anyways we take on that responsibility and we shoulder that burden. Now, I've been fortunate enough to sit at a few seats at a few different tables, and what I've learned is, when you get the seat, trying to fix the seat won't fix the problem. Why? Because the table was never built for us in the first place. The solution? Build better tables. to be your very own IKEA manual. I would like to present to you a set of guidelines I very eloquently call How to Build a Table That Doesn't Suck. I've been told I'm very literal. (laughs) Now, right off the bat, let me tell you, this assembly is going to take more than one person or group of people. It's going to take everyone. Are you ready? Should we dive in? Let's do it. Up first, don't weaponize gratitude. Gratitude. Now, don't get me wrong, gratitude is a great word. It's nice, it's fluffy, a solid 11 points in Scrabble. Okay? However, let's be clear, although gratitude feels warm and fuzzy, it's not a form of currency. Women are assigned 10% more work and spend more time on unrewarded, unrecognized and non-promotable tasks. Basically, what this means is all the things men don't want to do are being handed to women. And a lot of those things largely include things that advance inclusivity, equity, and diversity in the workplace. So hear me when I say, a woman shouldn't be grateful to sit at a table. She should be paid to sit at a table. Especially ones she largely helped build. And a woman's seat shouldn't be threatened if she doesn't seem grateful enough. In other words, corporations, this step involves a woman doing a job and being paid in money, opportunity, and promotion, not just gratitude. And women, yeah, go ahead, live it up, do your, do your, live your life. And women, a moment of real talk. Trust me, I've been there, and I know it is so tough. But we have to understand and remember that being grateful and being treated fairly are not mutually exclusive. I can be grateful but still know exactly what I deserve. And that's the way to do it.